Welcome to the Kids Ministry and Leadership Podcast. My name's Andy, and today I want to explore the topic of people versus process-driven leadership and, and, and how we can really strike the difference. I'll say it again. It's people versus process leadership. I think that um, often when it comes into church life, we have systems or people, and I think the, the real question is what can we systemize and what must stay personalized? That really is this balance between people versus process-driven leadership. See, leadership's not a one-size-fits-all concept. It's a complex dance between two fundamental elements, which are people and then the processes. In the realm of leadership, individuals often gravitate towards one or the other, um, either emphasizing the importance of building strong interpersonal relationships or focusing on a structured system and methodologies. Um, However, the effective leaders recognize that it's not either or scenario, it's actually both. It's about harnessing the strength of both approaches to create a harmonious and high-performing team or environment where you both get people but also get process-driven leadership coming together. So the first thing we can do here today is unpack both these. So let's dive into people-driven leadership. I would say that people-centric leadership is the cornerstone of organizations. I think it is so important to be people-centric. People-driven leaders prioritize the human aspect of leadership, understanding that nurturing a motivated, engaged, and satisfied team is crucial for success. These leaders build relationships, foster trust, and encourage open communication. John Maxwell, who wrote a whole lot of leadership books, he put it this way, leadership is not about being in charge, it's about taking care of those in your charge. Um, People-driven leadership styles create an inclusion and supportive environment that not only enhances morale, but also encourages innovation, collaboration, and personal growth. In the spirit of Corinthians, we read in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 to 7, it says, love is patient, love is kind. It starts to talk about the nature of how we are to interact or to be leaders or people-orientated leaders. It says not to envy. It should not boast. It is not proud, does not dishonor others, is not self-seeking, is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects always trusts, always hopes, and also perseveres. If we're going to be people-centric or people-driven leaders, then it can't be a separation of our spiritual and our secular, which I mean by that is we can't come in and go, right, spiritual is when I'm talking all about the godly stuff, but when it comes to leadership or management, I'm going to go secular over here and just um, treat you in a a way to, I think, get some performance in the organization. I would say that as we lead out as Christian leaders, that we are Christian. I know that sounds funny, but to lead out with love, patience, kindness, um, and to lead out with the fruit of the Spirit. Um, a report by Gallup highlighted team uh, teams led by managers with a focus on their employees. That would be people-focused leaders, um, they saw the strengths uh, in the people who were following, 12.5% was increased in their productivity. The impact of this style of team performance cannot be overstated. Embracing um, people-driven leadership is so important. 
So let's park that for a minute because that's people-driven. What about process-driven leadership? Because on the other hand, those who champion process-driven leadership recognize the power of efficiency and consistency in achieving organizational goals. Um, there's some words by Peter Drucker, his, and, and he would write this, efficiency is doing things right. Effectiveness is doing the right things. So process-driven leaders are experts in doing the right things. It's not just being efficient in doing things right. It's about being effective in doing the right things. It's about knowing what only you can bring to the organization. It's about being effective in creating systems and processes where not everyone is doing everything, but what you are skilled at doing is doing that. It's around time management. It's around processes in order to get people in the right lane. So these are all the processes in order to help. It's building out systems, I would think, in the church, and in particular in kids and youth ministry and next-gen ministry. It's really having a look at getting people in their lane to best serve. A great example of this I would use for in-church context would be at our check-in space for kids ministry. I think what we could do is we could have anyone doing this. And then what often we do is we have uh, children's workers, people who could be in the room, pastoring, loving, connecting, playing games, caring for the kids because we need people out the front to welcome and ensure the check-in and we have a safe space, which is a great system to establish in the first place, is that we have the, the people coming and we have to bring people out of the room to man that. Well, a, a system or a process-driven leader would go, hang on, let's just get other people to come and serve. So we have, in our context, our family connect group leaders who check families in. They come and they serve for that first 20, 30 minutes and they check the families in. And we're not taking away from people who are skilled at connecting with kids. That is effective. It's having people doing the right thing. It would not be um, smart to have someone on the door welcoming if they were uh, not able to greet people, if they weren't very social, if they were um, not able to use the technology. It wouldn't be the right thing. But also in the same way, it's not the right thing having someone who's so gifted at connecting with kids standing out there working a computer. And so this is the, the space and the thinking of how we can have people doing the right thing through processes. When it comes to this, we set clear expectations, streamline workflows, and employ performance metrics to measure progress. We uh, when you are process-driven, you start to look at the stats. You start to look at um, how things are being effective. You you gauge and say, hang on a minute, is this effective and why should we keep doing it? You're critiquing and you're looking. There, there's a, a side that you can sometimes dig so far into processes that we forget that the reason process exists are to serve people. We'll get onto that in a moment. Um, they know that having a well-defined process can transform a disorganized group into a well-oiled machine. Furthermore, technology and systems become trusted allies. Um, Bill Gates, he once said, the first rule of any technology used in a business is that the automation applies to an efficient operation will magnify the efficiency. The second is that the automation applied to an inefficient operation will magnify the inefficiency. So here's a thought. Sometimes we can bring processes into place into an inefficient 
uh, inefficient ministry or inefficient organization, and it actually grows and magnifies the inefficiency. We're actually just multiplying it. But if we can first bring together what is efficient, what is working, and then bring systems, this is where it can work in harmony. And that really is where we're getting to, where we strike the balance. It's remembering what is important. And in church and in our life, people are our purpose. People are what is important. And so the whole goal is to uh, make sure people are feeling loved, connected, engaged, and, and, and we're able to teach kids in safe environments. We're able to help students and, and teenagers in their walk with Christ. But we're doing this first and foremost because we care about people. But second, we can magnify and do it better if we build processes out. So in the dynamic landscape of leadership, there's potential pitfalls of taking an extreme stance. If you're just going to be, no, we're all about people and have no processes, then it becomes tiring and taxing because we're doubling up and doing things. If we take the stance of, no, it's all about the processes, we forget about the people, we can we can um, systemize our way right out of doing what the purpose is, which is about people. The key is to strike the balance. Um, Warren Bennis once said, the most dangerous leadership myth is that leaders are born and that there is a genetic factor to leadership. This myth asserts that people simply either have certain charismatic qualities or not. That's nonsense. In fact, the opposite is true. Leaders are made rather than born. I've heard another way of that put is that there's an old man sitting on a fence and someone walks through the town and they said, anyone famous ever born here? And he said, no, babies were just born here. And that's the truth. We can learn this. We can learn how to be better with people. We can learn how to be better with processes. So to create a harmonious and high-performing team, leaders must integrate both people and process-orientated leadership styles. This requires adapting leadership approaches to different situations, teams, and organizational contexts, ensuring flexibility and agility. Um, I read this quote again. I couldn't find the source, but it said, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. A leader's ability to adopt and make them uh, and their team feel valued is crucial. It's so important to make people feel a certain way. And I think the way we make people feel welcome, loved, and we place value on people is to be able to create systems and processes that make it feel safe. In many, many years of doing children's ministry now, I've never had one parent come up to me as they come to church for this first time and ask me what my philosophy of ministry is. They've never asked me what my 12-month scope of teaching for their child happens to be. I watch that nervous parent stand there with their three-year-old in hand, looking past my shoulder to see if the environment behind me that I've created is safe. They're looking at the check-in space. They're looking at the games being played. They're looking at the leaders. They're looking at the leaders with their lanyards, their blue card checks, or they're working with children's check. They're, they're, they're looking at um, the shirts. They're looking at um, how clean the environment is. And all of these are systems put into place that magnify an atmosphere that then place value on people. The book of Ecclesiastes 3 reminds us there's a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens. Striking the balance in leadership is a reflection of this biblical wisdom, recognizing that there's a time for both people-centric and process-driven approaches, depending on the needs and circumstances of the team and the organization. So 
building a culture of balanced leadership, how do we do that? Well, leadership styles don't exist in a vacuum. They're profoundly influenced by the organization's culture. To foster a healthy balance between people and process-driven leadership, it's crucial to align team values and goals and expectations with the overall vision of the organization. Understanding what your church exists to do, magnifying that towards people, but then systemizing that in order for it to be efficient and to be outworked. Peter Drucker suggests culture eats strategy for breakfast. And so culture is really around people. Culture is all around the, um, what we're multiplying, but culture is magnified by systems. If we just have the systems and the strategy to forget the purpose of why we're doing it, then what are we doing really? An organization's culture can either empower or stifle the balanced leadership. Creating a culture of shared accountability is essential in this process. Leaders should empower team members to embrace leadership qualities and take ownership of their roles. In fact, only this week, I put out a JotForm survey to all of my staff across Australia in the kids and the youth and the next-gen space where I've asked them the question and started to review the year, review and look, uh, dig into the curriculum we're using, look into the processes, how supported they are, what uh, resources they're getting, are they getting training, are they getting equipped? This is a vulnerable place to put it out to say, effectively, uh, am I doing a good job? Are we doing a good good job? Is this culture helping us to empower hundreds of volunteers across Australia in all our locations? It's vulnerable to ask those questions, but I think creating a culture of this shared accountability does help us to refine whether we're valuing people, but then what systems need to be um, uh, just tightened up or created in order to, to foster a great environment. Um, when we foster an environment where everyone contributes to the organization's success, um, we then have this um, shared wins and shared losses. But as we um, maybe have something that didn't quite work, that helps us together take ownership, not blame shifting, not a culture of you did. And so as we value people and have systems, it really does bring the best out in people. So in conclusion, leadership is a dynamic interplay between people and process. Effective leaders understand that it's not a matter of choosing one over the other, but of harnessing the strengths of both to create a thriving and high-performing team. John F. Kennedy, he once said, leadership and learning are are indispensable to each other. Striking the right balance ensures that leaders are continually evolving and adapting, learning, contributing, fostering a culture of growth and success within their team, and looking at ways that we can continue to show high value to people while systemizing to allow people to just do the best in what they are created to do and run their lane. So as we finish today's podcast, thanks for joining us. I want to leave you with a question. Are you leaning more into the people leadership where you just value everyone but don't think much of processes or are you so systemized that you're forgetting it's for people whereabouts do you land here and what area can you sharpen up in your leadership as you start to write down some thoughts you can start to look at what can be systemized and what must stay personalized thanks again for joining us this month look forward to having you on the podcast next month